No, by actual not your arm, actual arm, but your. It, w it wasn't. <laughs> That's unfortunate. That would have been unfortunate. Well, hi. You all right there? Uh, how was your? So, was it like a? Ra how many people? When you party, how many people go to your parties? Oh, I go hard. Um, I think there were 16 people there, actually, at dinner. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ! I have a lot of friends. Spirit, yeah, he's everywhere. <laughs> Got a comment about Jesus. Some margs. Were your margaritas it? Were they a hit? Um, they were a hit. Yes. So I did go. I used Evil's recipe. I'm sorry. It seemed professional. Uh, <laughs> no offense. Um, so I went to. No. I did go to the no. liquor store. I bought all <laughs> the very expensive liquor that Evil told me to buy. Yeah. Brought it home, and you know, I had said in our messages back and forth, you know, that I would just double or triple the recipe, you know, and Evil said, yeah, it'd be a lot cooler if you made it for 20. So I was like, all right. So I just multiplied. I came, I went to Albertsons and I bought like eight limes, which was ludicrous because uh, it ended up that only one of my friends that came over actually wanted a margarita. Everybody else was rum and Coke or uh, oh my God. beers. Uh, and so now I have like 3,000 Oh, that wouldn't have been enough for me. Sitting in my fridge for <laughs> no other reason. Oh. The thing about limes is they're, they can be deceptive. Like a big lime might get a couple of drops of juice out, and then another lime, tiny one, you squeeze it, and it's like a ton comes out. They're, they're like all over the place. Yeah, accurate. These were, these were really good limes, though. So they actually <laughs> only needed like a quarter of a lime for one oh margarita. Oh, my gosh. That's the worst. So I could make like... <laughs> 32 margaritas. Did you bring them <laughs> the for us map? tonight? I wish. Nice. Thank you. The, the, the recipe <laughs> yes, worked out? Yeah. No, it worked out good. It, uh, not as sweet as I would have expected, but <laughs> uh, that makes sense because it was coming from you. But good. Very good. My friend that wanted margaritas uh, also can't taste, so that was helpful. <laughs> in my compiling of the margarita. I, I was actually thinking last night after we got them talking, I woke up at like 3 a.m. or something <laughs> weird, and I was like, you know, we should have given her a sweet and sour mix recipe that like yeah. that's like a simple syrup with lime and, but. Oh. Yeah. Actually, no, no, I don't believe in it. <laughs> so how do you, can you still smell the same? No, not at all. So do you, can you smell liquor? I can't smell anything. For no, real? I can smell. Yeah, wow. <laughs> is the short answer. There is so much fucking salt on that. I rim. like the salt. Oh my god. <laughs> I like the salt. I did put a little. There is a little bit too much on here. I do admit that. Evil, are you? Have you always been? Because it surprised me that you have. You have like eight ingredients in your margarita. Nah. I kind of. I. I <laughs> thought. No, I don't care. Like, I. Because I know that you've probably. You probably worked on it for like a fucking whole summer to try to kind of my own recipe yeah cobbling together a few others yeah it just it surprised yeah. me i was like man he churches this up like big time <laughs> well I, i've got to make up for the turbo margarita days do you remember oh, that oh hell i think i made them like two yeah. years ago <laughs> i can't drink it anymore it gives me heart like, like two instantly. sips <laughs> and yeah you can feel it. it's all oh. 
Rachel so like it. For, that's that's what I should have given her. I we should have given her the margarita turbo margarita mix. What? Turbo margarita was a pure invention. I, I think I was out of college, but it, I still had the college drinking mentality. Was it a circumstance and invention? Like it's all you had there? <laughs> no, I wanted I wanted a, a margarita ish recipe, basically tequila with flavoring, where I just bought bottles of stuff and I didn't have to measure I just poured them all together ah. and so it, uh, it's a fifth of tarantula azul I, don't, I can't remember the size a bottle of roses lime and a certain size bottle of lemon lime Gatorade and you just <laughs> pour it all together thought you were going to say there's always money in the banana stand <laughs> crap hey Sven <laughs> how's it going All right. He's yeah here. are you sure okay, Yeah. how are you guys doing very good. Yeah. Very good. When was the last time I saw you? Two months ago, maybe? I don't know. It's been for long fucking time, time, man. This is my first night I'm not, like, hey, working right now. This is crazy. Good. Does it feel good? Yeah. I got to work at 7 in the morning, but oh my I'll, take it when, I'll take it right now. That's what she said. I don't care about that. I'll be asleep. Yeah. <laughs> like any sane person on a Sunday. <laughs> Doesn't produce three live shows on a Sunday at a church. Oh my gosh, three. What does that entail? <laughs> oh, fuck. I didn't even think about that. So are you in charge of every, the pastors, Mike, and then the... Oh, yeah, and I've got... The, uh, the first six. show is a five-camera shoot, so... What? Uh, I run five cameras and then 16 channels of audio that I mix because it's a eight-person band. Is that Cathedral of the Rockies? Yeah, Cathedral of the Rockies. Yeah, that's my grandma's church. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she saw my back tattoo once, and she smacked me. <laughs> <laughs> We're pissing off a lot of old people right now. Yeah, you have a bad religion, tramp stamp. No, on, like up, <laughs> I know. I, I have... <laughs> so, but, but, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess first thing we should do. Can we, Rachel? Yeah. Are you prepared? Yeah, let's do this. Who else were Did we you... going to talk with? <laughs> uh, no. T- <laughs> You know, girls think that birthdays are <laughs> this huge month-long. Oh yeah, birth month. My That's birthday so many is. People. I don't even think I know fourteen people anymore. I do, but I don't like most of them. <laughs> That's actually yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Rachel, right. yes, stop sir. burping for just a couple seconds. Shut up. Happy up. birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. I feel guilty shooting Don Julio, but whatever. <laughs> While I'm shooting Jaeger. <laughs> <laughs> What did you shoot? Malibu. Oh. Malibu. <laughs> oh, I, thought that, I thought that's what that was. Is that from Spanglish? It is from Spanglish. How did you know that? Holy Nobody shit. ever gets that joke. Wow. <laughs> the only two people that ever We're saw We're the two people that liked that movie. <laughs> that saw that movie. <laughs> I'll admit it wasn't wasn't terrible. Sven, Ooh. what the hell are we doing here? What's, what's music, Sven? That's, I think, what we're here to figure out. What is oh. music? Oh, we're figuring it we're out. Figuring it out. I don't know. Ooh. Evil. <laughs> does your drink have the initials IWC? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Sherlock over here. What? <laughs> well done. So I've been looking because I'm not a huge old-fashioned guy, but I've been looking at <laughs> variations. Yeah. Like just over the last two weeks, so it's kind of just a by chance sort oh of thing. Oh my God. I thought I was being super clever, but hey, that's cool. Hey, well done. Yeah, improved whiskey cocktail. The whole story is at one point, a cocktail just meant 
what we refer to as an old-fashioned. I want a cocktail. It was just whiskey, some, something to make it sweet, and something to season it, because whiskey was terrible back then. So, like, bitters, sugar, whiskey. I don't know if the advent of, like, ice storage had anything to do with this. It may have been roughly the same time, but there were, there were like, new formulas. Like, the Sazerac was developed in New Orleans, and then in the uh, New England area, the improved whiskey cocktail. They were, like, fancier recipes, so they usually have absinthe and dash of absinthe dash of Peugeot's, a couple dashes of Angostura, some Maraschino liqueur, and these rye whiskey. Mm. And then, of course, you have the old diehards. You're like, ah, I don't want that fancy stuff. Give me a cocktail the old-fashioned way. And that's where old-fashioned ah. Wait, so uh, what's the difference between that and a Sazerac? Not much. Improved whiskey cocktail usually has, like, Maraschino or some other flavoring. Okay. Sazerac. And there's different recipes. It's an old-fashioned with other stuff cool usually it's a little bit of absinthe and like a is that peeber show me the other side of it it's a local boise artist that made oh, this can you oh right on you posted that yeah <laughs> yeah that was that's really cool ashley dreyfus i don't know her from boise local boise artist by Sweet. by pbr to support not her but <laughs> <laughs> do you want to feel like you're supporting local artists by pbr what are we doing <laughs> <laughs> Sven, this is your wet and dream. There's no outline. The there's no script. There's nothing. This is fantastic. <laughs> We're just drinking. I want. <laughs> it's so nerve wracking. Do you still do? Do you do music, Sven? Are you in a band or anything like that? I'm not in a band. Well, hopefully we still make some music, and I'm in that band. Mm -hmm. But I'm on like the other end of it right now a lot as the engineer or mixer. I don't get to play as much as I'm listening to other people and giving input on how they should play than trying to make it sound good for whoever is going to end up listening to it. Do you like that more or less? It's way more fun <laughs> to play. <laughs> I've taken three shots in shots. 30 minutes, so I'll start rambling. In about 15 minutes, Dude. I'll be rambling plenty. Okay, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> What did you What did you shoot, by the way, Sven? That was Jameson. Ooh, nice. You shoot something that feels like something that should be shot. Yeah, mm -hmm. it totally does. And then I'm going to chase it with a low-calorie 3Z Does It Hazy IPA. 98 calories, no guilt. Hey. <laughs> no guilt. <laughs> and they can 98 calories, and they could dare call it an IPA. I don't know how. But uh, yeah, no, playing music's way more fun because to me, music is at the core a verb. It's interactive, it's an action, it's something that is participatory. Even if you're not playing an instrument or singing it, if you're just a bystander or an audience member, you're still experiencing it and interacting with the sound, right? It's organized sound shooting out of speakers or a voice or an instrument into your ears. And it's affecting how you feel if the source of that music is able to see you sometimes you're affecting the music so i think it's more fun the closer i get to the interaction there's i think different levels of interaction so like being right in the center playing music is really exciting but the next best thing is observing other people make music that's kind of cool because if that's such a blend of science and passion yeah which is true yeah part of why music is i'm one of the, the more art passion side of that i know there's people that do what i do that are way more into the science and engineering part of it like i never never ever would dare call myself an audio engineer because i don't i don't have an engineering degree but i have ears i know the science just i rely more on my ears than meters and it drives some people nuts <laughs> <laughs> some people i work with that 
yeah, that that's not their style sometimes, but. How young were you when you started playing with other people? Not just, like, I know you picked up instruments when you were really young, but band stuff or, like, we used to do jamming on guitars and stupid shit. I guess, like, the mo- the first, like, act quartet, like a string quartet was probably the first time. And I was, like, eight, maybe, eight years old. And there was two junior high kids and a high school kid that all, this was an Emmett, so you're not going to find a lot of string. And at the time, the population was probably, like, 3,000 people. You're not going to find, like, a huge pool of string players. So it was a mixed age group. And then, like, the school stuff that I think, you know, every elementary school has some sort of opportunity. So, like, sixth grade in the Boise School District. But, like, jamming and playing in a band band, I think seventh grade, the garage style, like, you know, outside of, like, structured school, whatever. I was only in one other band. Jamming with somebody, we tried to start a band, and then Capitol High, what we did, you, me, and Brent, that was the next ever band I was ever in. Wouldn't it you? The band that doesn't quit. (laughs) I'm not sure if anybody knows this, but Evil plays. When did you start playing? I didn't start playing guitar until college, really. Gotta impress the chicks. (laughs) I always wanted to, like... To impress the chicks. That's that's something I'm actually really <laughs> always curious like, when people start playing, especially when they're not like. It was to get chicks. That's one reason, but like, how did you, how did you decide guitar and like what made you want to actually like play? Because well, it gets chicks. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm getting drunk. You and guys. then I'm gonna follow up with Ra- like Rachel. Does that work? Because does. Does you're a right? chick. Has Are that ever just me, like that was the thing that you're like. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so John Mayer really has it figured out. Have you seen the chicks yeah, he sure. dates, Sven? Totally. Yeah. Chicks. He's got it figured out. <laughs> I mean. Remember when he dumped Jennifer yeah. Aniston because she wasn't quite hot enough for him? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Evil. We left turn yeah. a little bit. That was totally your path, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> Did you just start for the hell of it? Me? Yeah. Why'd you start in college? I just always wanted to play. I am, like, drawn to guitar music. I love, I like... Say it. Say his name. <laughs> you almost made it to 10 o'clock. I'll get there. Drink, drink, drink. I've always been drawn to very, like, triumphant music. The times that I've actually performed live music, not, like, high school choir type, but actual, like, live rock music, it's the closest thing to, like, playing sports or performing in front of a live crowd like in, in like a sporting event is like there's something about it that is just like I, I, I can't describe it it's wait is, have you played shows yeah. yeah for real yeah I didn't know just that. a handful not much yeah. I say I didn't play I didn't play guitar live but I, yeah holy shit Hell yeah what what was this band uh it was a group of friends that I think you, you know some of them like Tim and Conlon and really Mike now another guy that went to they were all from Payette yeah we were called the 300 this is before the movie 300 but it was based off of the same thing it was based off of the comic book which I was a comic book nerd we were called the 300 and we <laughs> played some shows just like locally Boise That's fucking wild yeah it was fun it was a lot of fun we played for a couple years we recorded at Audio Lab yeah nice yeah when, when are you going to send some of those recordings our oh, way? It's, it's garbage, man. That's it's what makes it awesome. That's the funnest. <laughs> we, like, recorded be- way before we should. Well, yeah, everybody <laughs> that age does. Yeah. Except maybe with, like, Foo Fighters. That was probably the only exception to that. <laughs> we had a recording from when we were... I was a junior. The tape deck? And you were a sophomore in high school. 
the and dats. tape in your mom's house. God, I want to find that so bad. Rachel, oh. what was your band's name? My band's name? I played the recorder <laughs> in, like, in Boise, in I the Boise there. School District. That's a lot of work. You pick up the recorder in like third That's grade. That's like in fifth grade or fourth grade. Yeah. And so I did. And then I moved schools. And in fourth grade, I started a new school. And in that <laughs> part of the district, they started uh, teaching a recorder in fourth grade. And so I already knew everything. And so I was like the smartest person in the class for once. Like I knew all of the finger placement and everything. Wow. You joined a musical podcast, though. I, I did join you? a musical podcast. <laughs> Indetermined. We'll find out. We'll see. <laughs> Ask again later. Yeah. Check with me next year. It's yeah. more like a drinking podcast. It's a drinking <laughs> podcast, the, the musical background. Yeah. <laughs> well, David, I, I know a little bit about like some of your musical background, at least your taste and like where you get it from. Like Dude, you are part, you are like eighty percent right. of my musical background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've been there. I know for a little bit about. Like, <laughs> no, but prior to that, because when I met you, you already were playing, you were already singing, you're already like yeah. it, that. I think is what fascinates me about people is what sparks the interest. You know what sparked it for me? This album facelift i was a teeny little kid i don't remember it vividly but i remember hearing lane staley and i wanted to be a rock star that the cool rock star that was so cool that he didn't want to be a rock star yeah it was hard to find interviews yeah. and when they were interviews it was just a big fucking joke that was when i decided okay i, I want to be a famous rock and roll singer but i was an only child nerdy skinny little kid I just like to hide out in my room and listen to music. You know, I didn't have a, I grew up in Boise, Idaho. So no matter, it's, it's, the, the worst childhood in Boise, Idaho is still going to be better than 95% of most childhoods, Accurate. I would think. <laughs> Unless extremely bad things in the house of yeah. which wasn't for me. I had my problems that I think most kids have. I'm trying to get around saying the most cheesy fucking things like about how I would listen to songs and there would be things in it that I would just relate to and where in retrospect as you're older you're like oh you weren't going through half the shit that these people were but still when you're a kid you hear those things and I kind of miss it it's so rare now that a song yeah. hits me yeah. the way that a yeah. song did back then oh man that's so true isn't it and when it happens it's like such a special precious moment yeah. it's like oh my god something is actually good something new is good yeah on, on that level it's, where it like resonates like it's, it's chasing the dragon do you yeah. feel it's like topical though it's kind of written and marketed towards I don't know younger I'm not trying to say that we're all old but oh, we, we totally are old. Old. we totally yeah, are that's true <laughs> Rachel just death glared you that's so why I say, I'm not trying to say that you guys say it you say it Rachel, yes. one year till you're 40. Fuck off. <laughs> I'm the same age as you. Yeah, but I'm a dude. Oh, that's really fucking funny. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. That's a horrible curse, Thanks. I have to say. You can suck my dick. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Sven. I don't even know what I was saying. <laughs> I think you're right, though. And I think that's honestly one of the many reasons I'm really glad that uh, Rachel became part of the podcast and one of the extremely unexpected things that I got out of starting this with you Sven is I had no idea how deep this podcast would take me into pop relevant <laughs> music. Yeah. I would yeah. have never 
heard of Blackpink. That's a bad example. That's a great <laughs> example. Such a happier person if I had never. <laughs> but like Jacob Collier, yeah. I would have never heard of that sort of stuff if it wasn't for this. And I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing to. Dude, you hunted down the the curator of the Harry Parch Conservatorium Museum, whatever. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Dr. Charles Corey. Dr. Charles Corey. He was the shit. Like, my high school awesome. band teacher hadn't even done that. <laughs> the guy that was so proud to expose a bunch of kids to the weird-ass Harry Parch, weird-ass genius. Yeah. Sven, I don't know if you figured this out or not yet, but I'm tenacious. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. With a capital T. Rachel. Yes? How you doing? I'm drunk. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I saw you going back every five. Not that was going back. Delicious. Going back. <laughs> oh man. Now you're about to take another drink. Music, you and your dad. Is that a big deal? Yeah, and I think that I've I've talked about this before. Um there was always 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 music playing in my house. My dad really, you know, was a big influence on that when I was younger. My mom as well. He had millions of CDs. He had tons of tapes that he had recorded from Reco- concerts. Like bootlegs? Or? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Cool. I mean, we we were always listening to that when I was a kid. See, David, live recordings are awesome. <laughs> this, I'm gonna... Yeah. Live recordings are awesome. I feel like awesome. every single episode now I'm going to have to say, I don't fucking hate live recordings. <laughs> I don't like using yeah, them do. in rankings. This is like the, the debate on like every album ranking anything, even Facebook groups. I see people ranting about the whole do live albums count thing but i have live albums yeah i think they have i love them some of my favorite (laughs) albums are live albums like what every dave matthews album i've ever liked is a live album over their studio album (laughs) hey evil what's your favorite dave matthews album (laughs) Uh. (laughs) is it the one where he goes had a baby Do you guys know that Sven and I almost died on the way back from seeing Dave Matthews Band in the Gorge? We didn't almost die. I, va- I well, vaguely kinda. remember the story. We're in his old beat-up truck. <laughs> With, oh my god, the back was full of expensive-ass band equipment. Yeah, we took our band equipment to the Gorge like to play. Oh yeah, that's smart. Which, which we didn't do. Yeah, Dave already had an opener. Fucking asshole. <laughs> no, we break down at the top of a, a freeway a in hill. the middle of fucking nowhere. It's like yeah, like a desert big hill in Washington, eastern Washington. And this guy pulls up with us, and he's, he's like, "Well, there's a town right down there, so let's just push you, push you down." This is a red flag right there. I'm gonna put my bumper against st- your bumper. Yeah, I'm gonna nudge you over the edge of this. <laughs> so we're, we're stupid fucking kids. We don't know, so we're going down like. 50 miles an hour. So we're like 50 miles an hour going off this exit and us stupid Jesus. kids don't realize that car if the truck's off, steering wheel locks, brakes lock. There's no power steering. <laughs> we're, no we're just in a brain. fucking oh yeah. dead hunk of metal. like, and Flying we, at 55 miles an hour down yeah. a hill. So like we're coming down to a T intersection. In front of us, it's either like, so to the left, there's a parking lot. To the right, there's like a barbed wire fence and some shit. And then ahead of us, there's like a store or something. It's like a, the main street of this town of 500 people. It's a parking lot. We'll slow down or something. 
<laughs> the only First thing point. in the parking lot is this stupid lamppost with a concrete oh. base at the bottom of it. <laughs> and I mean, like, I can't say base. that I, like, steered us that way. Like, the road turned, and we didn't, and that threw us into the parking lot, kind of. But yeah, there's this one thing in the middle of the whole freaking empty parking lot, and I just remember seeing, like, a tire. Not like hubcap, but like the wheel. The whole wheel fly off to the right, like out of the corner of my eye, just in time for me to turn oh, no. my head and look like dead God. ahead of us at this pole and cement thing. We had neither of our seatbelts are on. Of course. So of there course are these not. two huge round things where our windshield, where our heads are <laughs> oh, yeah. windshield. Like, <laughs> 26 stitches. I woke up to a cop Whoa. asking if we'd been drinking. This explains so much. I know, <laughs> and we're also both retarded. Okay, here's the here's the awesome part though. Like tying this back in, like with the music thing, every piece of musical equipment in the bed of that truck was perfectly preserved. It was. Oh my god. Guitars. Really we had we had tube amplifiers. Like yeah. the tubes were still intact. intact. Wow. <laughs> Everything was fine. I forgot about that. The front that. end of the truck, the engine was sitting where like the shifter was. Like oh it was god. caved in. <laughs> That's crazy. That's what going to concerts means to me. I feel like this <laughs> happened a lot when I was a teenager and then a lot like now that I'm a parent. There's music that comes on that will grab you and make you think of like really specific specific mm -hmm. moments or memories in your life. Okay, it's not just me. No. Like it's yeah, got to be everybody. It's got to be everybody. Yeah, it has to be. So a few years ago, the, I, you guys know Lucas Graham? No. It's like a Swedish band. Anyway, they, they sang that Seven Years song. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, Anyone yeah. listening yeah. along, if you don't know it, Seven Years, Google Lucas it. Graham. It's a whole song <laughs> about like his story kind of as a, a musician or a writer, but then reflecting on different moments in his life. Each verse is like another check-in when he's seven years old, when he's 20 years old, like as he gets older. I remember that song coming out right after my dad passed. And there's a verse in there where he talks about, I don't know, there's there's moments in that song that I feel like grab me and take me along that same journey. And it's almost like the writer almost can, they're like talking to you or about uh, yeah. you, you know? Anyway. That no, it's, it's, there is a song, I can't say what it is because spoilers and whatnot, but there is a song <laughs> on our best of episode that we're going to talk about next week that is very much like that for yeah. me. Why did I not fucking mm. write that five years ago? You know what I mean? Every single line Have you is... ever heard a song that you just swear to God that like, I can't remember exactly when, but like 10, 12, something years ago I played that with this group. Like, like that I wrote was a that hook song? in a song that, yes. Yeah. Every Beatles song. <laughs> yeah, I wrote them all. <laughs> you did of not. Course. No, there's, there's... Mine's the opposite. I always write a song and like a week later, I come back and I play it again. I go, oh, I rewrote oh. The House of the Rising Sun. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole era of music. I can listen to anything from 1990 to 1995. And it takes me immediately right back because that's when music became very meaningful to me personally. Or it was the era or the type of me. I don't know what it is. There are songs, albums, particularly like music videos. You start tying in multiple senses where you get the auditory and, and yeah. the visual. And it's like, I'm right yeah. back in that moment. It's crazy. It's so crazy. 
Do you have a favorite music video of all time? Ooh. Don't raise your hand. Just interrupt. You, you're, <laughs> you're supposed to be drunk, Rachel. <laughs> Tell us to shut up and talk. I think. Shut up. What? <laughs> You need a Red Bull. Um, Money for Nothing. I think that That's was like dire straight. <laughs> one of the first <laughs> for free. videos that was ever you know played F on MTV. And song? I remember watching it when I was a little Amazing kid. Video. And my dad just loved Dire Straits anyway. But it was just awesome. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Also, AHA. You know what my favorite music video was? My first favorite music video was? I think I was in third grade. Crazy Aerosmith. Is During the really? crying amaze of super crazy time period that. of Aerosmith. Yeah, that's, you beat me to it. Every fucking song sounded exactly the same, and he was really trying to get his daughter laid. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, was he ever. I remember that video and being so disturbed yeah. after I found out yeah. that that was I don't remember his that daughter and Alicia Silverstone, but like she was like 17 in that, <laughs> and just... I'm going to have a hard time picking a favorite. There are ones that stick out. Sober, Tool, Sober. Yeah. Oh, the claymation. That was always like the awesome one to like like have come on at two in the morning yeah. when you're... The yes. Epic by Faith No More <laughs> with the yeah. dead fish at the end <laughs> flopping around while he's playing piano. That was a really good time for music Oh, videos. man, it, it was. Do you remember, Evil, what was your... Do you remember what your first concert that you went to was? My very first concert with I think my whole family went it was ZZ Top yeah. Ooh, and nice. Night Ranger was the opener awesome my second concert with just my brother was Skid Row opening and Bon Jovi oh, Mr. John Boney himself <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Did you like Bon Jovi? <laughs> <laughs> you don't. You don't seem like a feathered hair lover. Bon Jovi was feathered cool. hair at the time. <laughs> Skid Row, I think, was really kind of the draw. Yeah. That band was enormous when yeah. I was in not quite middle school, like fifth grade maybe. Slippery When Wet was an enormous album. That's what she said. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> You know, one of my favorite things about episodes that Rachel's in, she says the dirtiest shit. <laughs> and then at some point in the episode, she'll say, David, my dad listens to this. That's true. I do say that. Every single fucking episode. I do. I really do. What's your first concert, Rachel? My first concert was Michael Bolton. Time, Love, and Tenderness oh, Tour, 1992. My God. The reason that I went, I mean, I wanted to go. It was awesome. But my dad had bought tickets for my mom to go. And then he's like, I'm not going. And so she drug me along, which is fine. Because, again, like, Michael There's no excuse handsome. for that. I don't care if you were four. That's not. He's so attractive. Why would I not go? It was awesome. It was So awesome. handsome. Handsome? <laughs> yes. Michael Bolton? Wow. What the fuck is happening? Are you? <laughs> We're talking about the guy from Office Space, right? <laughs> Different, not related. He's got no hair here, and then it it, like Ooh, that's right. <laughs> it's not the baldness; it's the covering up for the baldness by having Whatever. six feet of hair behind the baldness. <laughs> the skullet. How can we be lovers if we can't be friends, Rachel? <laughs> Sven, what's your first concert of oh all time God. ever? I was a late bloomer when it came to concerts. I think it was Metallica at the Pavilion, oh, but it was the Reload Tour. Oh, yeah. Oh, so it was... Is that when Corrosion of Conformity opened? That's 97. 
I know I that believe, because yeah. of this podcast. Right, yeah. the end of Metallica's show, like the stage broke down Everything and like the bare apart, bulb like the, dropped down. Yeah, I remember that. Yep, mm-hmm. that one. Which is, it was like they played Reload because the label right. wanted them to. And then they just did the Black Album. Yeah. <laughs> Some of us liked Reload. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of what I think everyone expected. It was yeah. like, let's just, okay, let's get through these first few songs. Okay, now, Yes. I'm probably going to edit this out because I just, I think I'm done this year with the fucking emails and the, and the, <laughs> the comments. I think I'm done this year. I don't really want to do it anymore. What does music mean to you, David? Hate mail. <laughs> I got to work at seven. What's wrong with me? didgeridoo i can circular breathe (laughs) yeah you don't know what you're missing out on (laughs) (laughs) how's the jack in the box rachel i had tiny tacos they're amazing i feel like i need to go get refills now because you're talking about this (laughs) you know I, i never answered your question what made me want to play guitar yeah he-Man. He-Man! <laughs> By the power of Grayskull. <laughs> okay, He-Man? What? Alright, I have deep psychological issues. <laughs> <laughs> With the hero's journey storytelling. And oh, I think it's a okay. big piece of it is... I was the youngest in our family by a stretch. And so I was like kind of a latchkey kid. I spent a lot of time at home watching cartoons. I liked He-Man, I liked Optimus Prime, I liked Lionel, I liked the hero figure, you know, the like, and that, for some reason, translates to the epic guitar music from the 80s, and I think that's what made me, and also, like, okay, just being out performing and sort of the rock bands were on top of the world, there was, like, some weird connection with that. That's why I like very, like, triumphant, get out there and, like, belt out the song kind of music, you know. I have a love-hate relationship with guitar because I literally tried to teach myself how to play in high school by looking up tabs of Nuno Betancourt on Extreme Second Album and be like, this is my starting point. Oh, whoops. <laughs> like, this is real hard, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my hand hurts. <laughs> Guitar is hard. Jeez. I'll just keep doing this until I end. I'm like, oh, I'm not getting any better, man. I, I don't know. Maybe this isn't for me. Oh. So there's a lot of stop, start, stop, start. And to this day, I still struggle with the guitar. It is... I will one day be a great guitar player, much like Bill and Ted. <laughs> might have to time travel. Do you still play? When I learned like how to tune my guitar to drop D and just play power chords, that was like, oh, I can actually kind of chunk my way through some stuff and, and play and sing at the same time. That was a game yeah. changer. You know, the, the greatest thing that... How do I say this without sounding like a douchebag? Why try? Lean into it. <laughs> uh, so I feel fairly luckily inventive 
with guitar chords and riffs and stuff like that when I'm just yeah. dinking around and yeah. playing and writing. So just like you, when I picked up the guitar and I decided to learn, I did it on my own. And I got a guitar tab book from Super Unknown by Soundgarden, which is six different guitar tunings in the whole album. I just thought that was that was normal. just what you did. No, that was normal. Yeah. So the, I learned on like six different guitar tunings and just, okay, if I want to do that, I can go to drop D and I can, if, yeah. I, I attribute that to a lot of the weird fucking shit that I do that to this day. I actually took guitar like as a class in college, junior or senior year. And the gal taught it. She was like, she wrote her own book that you had to buy for the class. Oh. And she was like, right. And she was like a very good jazz guitar player. I hate this. This, this doesn't feel right. Like every guitar pay up player that I love is self-taught. And oh. so I'm like, fuck all of this. I'm just, uh, I'll get to this someday. <laughs> I have a question for each and every one of you. What drew you to the music that you listen to? Mm. And I, of course, there's no like one word answer. It's always going to be multifactorial for anyone who's into music. But was it He-Man? <laughs> <laughs> I think Sven missed my He-Man I comment. think f for me, it was a completely masochistic, even as a little kid, I, this is, this is going to be too dark, I think, for the podcast. <laughs> this is awesome. But even as a kid, I kind of liked the whole idea of the riding the train until it went off the rails. Mm. I liked the whole Lane Staley thing of I'm just gonna fucking do it as hard as I can until I die at thirty. Are you do you are and, you familiar with Bill Hicks, the comedian? Yeah. Yeah. He does absolutely. a bit on music that is exactly that. He's like, I want my musicians to like be broken. I want them to suffer yeah. for their art. And I'm paraphrasing it's like the romanticism of the tragic the romanticism of pain yeah it's like an artist i there's that mystique around it too however there is another way david lynch <laughs> the director love david lynch. you've seen his movies they're like extremely dark weird I've crazy seen. wildly creative you would think that he might be a tortured soul no he like is a super happy dude he practices like transcendental meditation. He's very huh. spiritual. He's like, yeah, my life's really good. I just, you know, I've, I've learned how to channel the darkness, but I'm pretty happy. Trent so Reznor is like that too. Yeah, yeah, that's another great example. There's a lot of different answers for me because it depends. I guess music has different applications mm -hmm. in my life. Sometimes music is something that I, I need to move to. So I'm going to pick something that has a natural movement to it. Times in the day where that added little extra encouragement to move. Mm -hmm. There's certain cultures where it's like, there's no separation between music and movement. It's just part of life. Like right. a lot of African cultures, it's just life. They don't have moments where they stop and listen to music or make music. It's just it's integrated. constantly you're singing yeah. and then you're moving to that singing. And then there's other times where it's like, I want to be contemplative and I want to just have a whiskey and sit back and close my eyes and let my brain go on a journey. That's that's my life. I will go on a break at work and I'll put my earbuds in and go, okay, I need to fucking chill. So I put on a podcast or a certain band or something like that. 
I've started to learn going through this year of this podcast that I can't just purely study mm -hmm. for the next yes. thing that's coming up. Oh my I need God. like a, a palate cleanser. I'll make like a mix or something stupid that while I'm studying for something, I go back and I listen to that. And sometimes it's work. There's like four songs this week that I've listened to like 300 times because I'm working on the mix and it has to be done by tomorrow morning. Have you struggled this year, Rachel, having to listen to music? I mean, as far as having to listen to music, yeah, I think, I mean, it's definitely opened me up <laughs> to new kinds of music to uh, not new, well, new, <laughs> yes, but stuff that I wouldn't normally listen to wouldn't normally pick up. I normally just pick up really i'm a happy person <laughs> i pick up happy pop music and you know you guys have thrown definitely thrown uh some curveballs into what i normally <laughs> listen to so this yeah. makes me kind of want to ask like do you guys more often use music to change your mood or put you in a different space or is it more often you pick music that matches your mood and so like your mood i think the the latter more but I will purposefully do the former when I'm like conscious of it. I struggled sometimes having to listen to stuff to like prepare for a recording when I wasn't in the space mm -hmm. for that music. It was like I'm having some dissonance here with what how I'm feeling and what I'm listening to. I usually listen to music that matches what I'm doing. Like if I'm working out I'm listening almost exclusively to Unearth. In the mornings we usually put on like we have like a jazz station or we have like this there's a Spotify cocktail station that's fantastic that's like mm -hmm. perfect morning music. But there's also times where I'm like, oh I'm gonna funk. I need something to lift me up. Let me find something happy and like something I would not normally mm -hmm. listen to. I'm gonna listen to the Dolly Rots. Like give me some like pop punk that's gonna lift me up that's you know normally something I wouldn't listen to. Both apply but for the most part, I usually choose music unconsciously to match whatever mood I'm in at that point. Yeah. I feel like I have to be more academic about things. It's funny, I was just thinking about that today because I've been finalizing my picks for the finale, the best of episode. And I started to think how much my moods and my situation this year mm. have dictated the type of music. I bet in a specific year, this album probably would have spoken to me a lot more than an album now did. I thought about how there are these albums in the What Did We Miss this year that I'm going to say, nah, this, this didn't do it for me. Where if I would have heard that album in a different time of my life, maybe I would have mm -hmm. fucking loved that album. It's weird how temperamental music is because of where we are. Yeah. I, to answer your question, I'm just an extremist. I will, if I'm in a bad mood, I want to get as far <laughs> down there as I can possibly fucking get. In fact, one of the only times I can remember trying to even myself out was when we studied Joy Division. And I caught myself getting so fucking depressed, like really, really depressed. I did. Uh, I I got home one day and I put on Songs in the Key of Life by Stevie Wonder. <laughs> nice. I have to do something. Like, I can't. Like, this is going to end badly. Well, <laughs> there's also, when you're feeling that way, feeling like really dark, there's something to leaning into that as hard as you can. 
like the only way out is through. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes listening to depressing music when you're depressed, it like gets you through the tunnel. It totally does. And it doesn't work every time. It's situational, but there's there have yeah. been times where, and the other way too, is I'll listen to stuff that makes me feel good to the point where I'm like, I don't want to feel this way anymore. I want to just go back to normal. <laughs> and you just like bring it down a notch, you know? You can only listen to so much Van Halen in a set before you got to Might as well jump. Down. Yeah. You didn't actually say the name until 1103 year time. <laughs> temperance. I'm learning temperance. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Rachel, have you ever purposefully, verse, course, Get verse, after here. dark. <laughs> Take a um, shot. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever purposefully listened to an album or songs while under the influence of anything? Um, no. Fun fact, I've actually never done drugs before. That's not. Um, a, that's like a booze. A not fun fact. That's like <laughs> a, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you have you ever just said, man, I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna get fucking drunk. And I'm gonna listen to this fucking music. This is like a two bottle of wine album. No, I mean not real. No, <laughs> no is the short answer. Okay, okay. So did you get fucking drunk and then be like, oh, I want to listen to this. <laughs> No. You are the yin to my yang. I've wandered around in the middle of the Pennsylvania woods, high on acid, listening to drum circle hand drums. Speaking of shrooms, and I didn't notice this. It happened that night. I swear it did. But then I, when I really noticed it is when I did way too many shrooms at West Katuski's <laughs> house, who I think you know, evil. <laughs> And oh, yeah. he turned on the Big Lebowski on his big, huge oh. TV. Oh. oh, my God. The dream sequences. I looked it up, and it's a real thing, but I could see the audio. I could see them yeah. talk. I could see yeah. the sound waves. And I just thought I was high and being retarded. But then you I, shouldn't say I looked it up the next day, and it's like, no, there are certain people. You see sounds, hear colors. Synesthesia. Fucking yellow is loud. It's the it's the craziest goddamn thing ever. Mm-hmm. That's legit a thing. I remember my brother telling me a story about one of his friends got so high on I think edibles, and he was in high school in class when the teacher would what? speak like like word balloons would pop up like a <laughs> That's not real. I watched Donnie Darko for the first time on shrooms. Oh shit, dude! <laughs> Damn. That- that's that's, a, that's a good one, Evil. This will this will make you jealous as a looking back on as a kid. Sven and I in high school. Sven would come over, and we'd get like a six pack of Henry Weinhards and a pack of cigarettes and some. We'd weed. end up like doing these crazy jams, hot boxing your bedroom with like Marlboro <laughs> lights. Yeah, and like you would write shit off the top of your head. I would just follow you on some weird. I remember following you on the bass. You'd play guitar and sing. I just follow you on these amazing little musical adventures, <laughs> and we would start on one song, and two hours later we'd played like an entire set list of like a probably only three songs, but like we jammed a yeah. lot. <laughs> yeah, that's what music means to me. Yeah, like that's that. perfection. And I feel like every show I go to, every album I listen to, everything, it, it's that's all really just chasing that feeling. Whatever that feeling is of being a part of something that's happening and it's audio and it's sensory and it's, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, shots are always the best idea. No, I wasn't. what she's talking about. Even though we need your We've audio. We've talked about drugs. <laughs> We've talked about not drugs. 
Do we talk about music at all? <laughs> Maybe. Not that important. Yeah. I had this whole plan, you? too. With the Venn diagram and everything. I missed out. I like a Venn you know, diagram. A Venn diagram can only have, at most, three circles. It can have a lot of circles. Of the three circles you've got. Let's see if I can remember it. Because I'm also a little tipsy. There's okay. the pastime circle. Mm -hmm. There's the passion circle. And there's the profession circle. One or... More of those is what music is too, or it's like deeply ingrained in what they. It's a passion to them, and then it's like everything. That's really there's, beautiful. There's the. Like, I had a whole cool thing, but you know she's she <laughs> runs the whole podcast. Fucking so Rachel. No. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Sorry. Most of the stuff that you can list off is like what humans do is to live a fulfilling life. Because there's the creation component of it, there's the consumption component mm -hmm. of it, there's a collaborative component of it. Who doesn't listen yeah. to music? I don't know anybody who just doesn't listen to music, period. So it's at least a pastime for you. Like I know I launched off into it saying, you know, I, music is for me is a verb and something that you do, it's participatory. But I mean, in reality of it, it's also much more than that. The action right. of music gets captured and it becomes a product mm -hmm. then we sit on podcasts like this debating you know okay is that product a product of the industry or is it a product of the art because there's clearly two motives to making mm -hmm. music either way the industry there's this industry that's going to take advantage of that whether it's music made for the industry or music made for art that then they can still monetize and then there's the kind of music that is never a product that's never monetized that's just my kids sing everything they have a, <laughs> like they they learn things through music so there's like that aspect of music my whole life i was raised i was always just a kid that really needed to not fit in but i was raised by my mom but i was also raised by grandparents you know older more traditional people and it was very much traditional you're quiet guy in the background that succeeds and you you know you do what you do and that equates to me a lot to really really caring what other people think of you trying to blend in and this and that and music was the one thing to me that i didn't give a fuck i didn't care i didn't care if i liked something <laughs> that somebody else didn't like and i did you know i was all my whole life i was somebody that just wanted to please people and impress people and stuff like that but with music i didn't give a shit if i liked something and somebody else didn't like i didn't fucking care i loved music for that it's funny because because of that music became my own thing and i think that's why i ended up sitting alone in my room for so long just playing the guitar and, and playing the keyboard which is crazy because then at the same time it became my way to click with other people with Sven to start playing and with evil with just starting a how many people that know each other through a friend start a chat that talk about something for a decade <laughs> like seriously that did it who does right. that uh, so yeah. music yeah. is a it's a insane mm -hmm. fucking language that I don't even I don't know what the fuck music is man it's a terrible question it's a never ending topic right yeah Art decorates space and music decorates time. As silly and like, I've actually thought about that, that saying quite a bit. And 
music is objectively just math. Yeah. It's an expression Absolutely. of mathematics. Collectively, right. it's an expression of culture. I think individually, it's an expression of our own emotion. Will we ever be able to answer the question completely? I don't know. Will we come up with some interesting conversation? We'll probably <laughs> throw some booze in the mix. And... You notice how this conversation <laughs> got way better about half hour in when pe- when everybody was lit. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as far as what music means to me, I look at it kind of like a photo album. If I think of different music at different periods of my life, it all makes sense. And it all applies to that period of time. And it's nice to be able to stop and look back on things that I used to listen to and think of those times when that was applicable to my life. I have a really good road trip mix. You know, it ranges from Operation Ivy, Rage Against the Machine, to Fiona Apple, to Debussy. Like, it has classical and country and... There are different times in my life where I needed different things out of music. And there's always something that I can find for each season. 